Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 6th of December. It's a Monday afternoon, and this is the COB, the stuff you need to know about business, markets, startups, finance. It's starting to look a little bit like Christmas around here, Scotty. A little bit. I can see the Christmas trees out and about, and it's starting to blink in my eye. So, uh, yeah, distracting from the corner of the, uh, of the studio. <laughs> Got a twinkle in your eye, Scotty. Look, the market uh, finished flat. Let's call it that, but, you know, four points higher. We'll take it, 7,200. And 45, helping to lift this market, consumer staples, real estate, industrials, energy, and utilities. Uh, APA Group, for example, did really well. We saw in the REIT space, um, Goodman Group doing really well. In the industrials, we saw Transurban looking pretty hot. Consumer staples look no further than Metcash. Yeah, and essentially defensives. Yeah, what does that tell you? Tells me that a lot of people are nervous out there. Yeah. What do you think is making a lot of people nervous out there? Uh, take your pick. There's a few <laughs> things. There's, there's, there's a number of different numbers you could go and uh, take. But there, yeah, Omicron is, uh, is continuing to work in the, uh, the background. Hopefully, we'll get some more clarity on that later this week. Uh, and the Fed. The Fed is uh, clearly getting uh, pretty hawkish when it comes to uh, the pace of tapering. And then that brings through uh, no earlier rate hikes next year. And uh, we know how... Uh, important the flow of liquidity has been in putting asset prices higher. So if you start taking that away, I don't know, maybe some more volatility. Look, the volatility hasn't been as extreme as what we saw on Wall Street Friday or with Bitcoin, etc. over the weekend. But yet to your point, uh, it was one of those days just couldn't gain any momentum. As we look around the region, we do have the Hang Seng Index down by close to one and a quarter percent. E-minis are still looking pretty good as we record this podcast, uh, Scuddy. So really, anything goes when it comes to this upcoming U.S. session. Yeah, we've been pre-programmed to buy the dip, so it's not unusual to go and see futures higher. Whether it uh, was replicated in the physical market later on tonight, well, that's anything but certain. We'll obviously continue to what we've seen recently, where it's you know, a lot of headlines get uh, drive the price action. I um, just wrote the subject line for our uh, newsletter, the COB newsletter, and it is collapse, crash, and pain. Those are the three interviews that you can listen to via the show notes as well. We're so a very uh, no, pos- positive group here at Osby's, <laughs> hey, are we? <laughs> look, I'm just uh, looking for something catchy, and it is the truth. I mean, the interviews that you can access via the show notes, we've got um, the head of Euro-Pacific Capital, Peter Schiff, saying that if the Fed sticks to its policy settings, the U.S. could be poised for a major financial collapse next year. We've got the crash, Bitcoin, BTC markets, Caroline Bowler just saying, remember, no asset prices move in a straight line, particularly not Bitcoin. And for Payne, this is a little bit good. We've got Jonathan Payne joined us for the big picture for our Ask the Experts segment. 
Um, so yeah, he's always, always worth a listen in my humble opinion. And so, yeah, I'd suggest that you go and take a listen to what Jonathan Payne has to say about what could be coming in the next few months. Mm. So you're as bearish as Peter Schiff? I don't think he's quite as bearish as Peter Schiff. Are you? No. But I'm not a you go- were writing about crashes and bubbles before our little crypto crash on the weekend, Scotty. I'll give you credit. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I, ex- I expect we're going to see more of those events over the next couple of months as liquidity starts to go and dry up, and uh, particularly if the Fed continues down this path. But uh, yeah, one of those examples where you saw that the Bitcoin uh, price went and uh, fell through 50000 We know that so many people are positioned the same way. And when you start having it go the other way, uh, the unlined can be spectacular. And there was an element of flash crash by... And we saw that, uh, I think, at uh, one stage there, Bitcoin was down to $42,000 from 50000 in the space of just a few minutes. That's uh, a pretty chunky move in anyone's language. So we'll see whether that goes and transpires across to uh, some of the more uh, established markets. But uh, I expect this volatility and the potential for flash crashes will remain for the time being. Okay. So, uh, look, you've written a piece in the COB newsletter. Do you think that we are at risk of a Fed, a Fed particularly, central bank policy mistake? I don't think it's a policy mistake, but uh, I know that the markets are going to go and test, and we're seeing that at the moment when it comes to uh, you know some of those high growth areas in the market are uh, being beaten up at the moment. The NPL here that's, locally. That's, that's one of the areas, but uh, you can go and, and take your pick. There's uh, so many different ones around the world that have had such a strong run that are now completely reversing those gains. And uh, yeah, if the Fed maintains this uh, really quite hawkish stance, uh, it be getting interesting. It, was, it reminds me so much of uh, of 2018 when we had uh, no, a big, big decline in U.S. equity markets. Uh, the Fed was uh, was quantitative tightening at that stage, mm-hmm. so different scenario. But uh, no, uh, Jay Powell was talking about the uh, unwind of the balance sheet being on autopilot. You had Trump tweeting about uh, no, the Fed was like a, a power golfer who can't putt, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the markets eventually bullied the Fed into uh, reversing that tightening. And so uh, I just wonder whether the same kind of thing is going to happen this time. We've got the Fed meeting coming up in uh, less than uh, less than two mm-hmm. weeks. And uh, it just smells exactly the same scenario. Lots of uncertainty out there at the moment. And liquidity is starting ever so slowly to go and pull back. We've got inflation this week in the US. We have uh, consumer confidence in the US. We've got options expiry next week, the FOMC. So you're still a lot of risk events to get through between now and the end of the year and keep a close eye on China and the data coming from there as well as Omicron, of course. Uh, But back to equities, yeah, to your point, Zip was the worst performer on the 200, down by close to 10%. Afterpay down by about 4%. Sigma uh, fell significantly, down by 7% after cutting its earnings guidance. And BAPCOR still, uh, you know, getting sold in the wake of Daryl Abotomy leaving and he's doing so right now. Uh, yeah, untenable position as the outgoing CEO has seen uh, that uh, that story come to an end. But before we get too depressing, now that you've made me feel like I'm being uh, less optimistic than normal today, Metcash, as we said, was the best performer on the 200 up by 7%. They're looking forward to us all spending big over Christmas and New Year. Uh, it was the stock of the day. Let's listen to what my guests had to say. It was Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor and Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. The future of Metcash really depends on how sustainable that trend is. Is this change in consumer behavior a a permanent change or is it a short-term response to the pandemic? I don't have the answer to that, but my suspicion is it's probably a more short-term cyclical thing. Um, So 
It looks to me as though Metcash is probably over-earning at the moment. It looks pretty cheap on multiples. It's generating the best results it has in years. It has always been a well-managed business and it remains one. But I think it's over-earning and I'd be taking profits at this level. So I quite like this one. I've got to say, good set of numbers, great management, good capital management as well. A big rise in the dividend. I've no doubt we will see some broker upgrades come through. Food, liquor and hardware especially with the hardware they're pushing more into trade i think you know at the moment it's for me it's certainly a hold i'm not sure i'll be piling in at these levels it has had a pretty good bounce back on these numbers okay so that is not going in the osbiz portfolio if you'd like to listen to their full rationale you can do so by listening to today's episode of the call and we'd love it if you did now when it comes to uh, what we're expecting tomorrow. Uh, there's not a lot of big economic data on the horizon tonight. There's not really any big data coming out of New York, at least. Mm. But tomorrow, we will be digesting what's happened with Imre Spicer. He's from Westpac, New Zealand. I read his note every morning, so that'll be good. Uh, we've also got um, Belinda Allen joining us with from Commonwealth Bank. She'll talk about what we can expect the week ahead. We've got Alex Pakoulis from Harper Bernays to talk to us about asset allocation and the list goes on and on and on tomorrow. What's on the agenda here tomorrow? To be honest, I haven't had a look. Okay. Um, but I'll be here, God willing. I will be as well. Look, we've got a bit of China data this week. I'm just checking whether or not that happens tomorrow. Uh, nope. You know what we've got on tomorrow, Scotty? <laughs> Fail. RBA decision. <laughs> well... The RBA. <laughs> Both is, of us. Let, let's let's be honest. The RBA is. You know, some people have got different views, but I think the RBA is going to be pretty clear cut. Uh, not going to go and want to shake the boat uh, heading into Christmas. Put it on auto, autopilot. We'll uh, adjourn in early February, uh, where it have more to say about uh, the quantitative uh, easing program, which I suspect that uh, all things being equal, if Omicron doesn't destroy us, uh, they'll be winding up. Let's hope not. And we've got China international trade data out tomorrow. But yeah, there's really nothing of note in the overseas session tonight we've also got jolts job openings in the states this week that i think will be really interested yeah interesting i should say the labor market differential in the consumer sentiment uh, report uh, consumer confidence report in the states it's uh, still at record highs so you expect there's going to be a big gap between uh, vacancies and uh, no people to fill them yeah all right well listen uh hope you have a good night scuddy are you going to be walking home getting out there getting a bit of exercise i don't think so i think uh, anyone who's uh follows my uh, trials and tribulations of uh border jumping uh over the uh, over the course of weekends uh i got home pretty late last night so uh tonight will be a, a rest and recuperation good. day before firing up for that really exciting rba meeting Woohoo! can't wait all right scuddy see you tomorrow see ya Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.